Are you ready to tell me everything? <laughs> Did he watch your Instagram story? He was the first to watch it, girl. Ghost him. Stop. Block him. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Tell Me Everything with Lance, episode 13. Guys, I know it's been a hot second. It's actually been three weeks since I've released an episode. But as y'all know, I was in Texas for my brother's graduation. Didn't end up doing the episode with my grandmother, Sash Teta, because shit got hectic over there. But <laughs> things have come up, issues have come up, and we are here to discuss it. So today we are going to be discussing an important topic that has taken the social media scene by storm in the last couple of weeks. Now, as a Lebanese Syrian podcaster in the Middle East, I feel it is my duty and responsibility to, to discuss the ongoing genocide happening in Palestine. Over the last few weeks, activists, celebrities, and the masses have spoken out of the injustices happening in Palestine today. Today, I am bringing on Russia, a Palestinian badass woman who has been using her social media platform to spread awareness and vocalize the ongoing injustice happening in Palestine as we speak. I would like to welcome Russia Nashashabi. Did I just say your last name? <laughs> Nashevi. Nashashevi. No, you totally messed it up. What is it? Nashashevi. By the way, you have to know it's an ongoing joke on this podcast that every single person's last name I mess up. Okay. Like every single person. I mean, obviously, you're not the first one to mess this <laughs> no, one up, but so like, you know, you got to know it. Guys, it's so embarrassing. I, I, and by the way, I practiced it before. I was like, is this how you say it? Anyways, in true Lanzo fashion. Rasha, welcome to the show. Thanks, girl. I am so excited to have you here. I'm even more excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. So we're going to start off with the basics. Okay. First of who you are, uh, where you grew up, and how you kind of ended up in Dubai. All right. So, hi, guys. <laughs> hi. <laughs> um, so I am a Palestinian, full-blown, full-blood um, grew up in California, cool. was born and raised there. Cool. Um, my Both of my parents are Palestinian. Where in Palestine are they from? So my dad's side, the Nashashibi family, we are from Jerusalem. Great. And the Abu Jabains, which are my mother's side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, keep going. Yeah. They are from Yaffa. Cool. So uh, pretty, you know. Pretty prominent. Pretty there. prominent Palestinians yeah. I got over here. Okay, so Rasha, obviously, today's a bit of a more serious topic, but we, we really, guys, we want to draw attention to what's going on in Palestine and how this is really taken taken off on social media, which I think is always, I always vocalize on the podcast how it's such a great tool. And I think social media is really coming to life, how powerful the tool is through this issue through what's happening Absolutely. in Palestine. So let's kind of discuss what's happening now and how the hashtag Save Sheikh Jarrah movement, and like how did it become viral? What happened? What really sparked people starting to share and stuff? Because that's what we were seeing, the hashtag Save Sheikh Jarrah. So course. how did that kind of start? So um, I think before I can go into the Save uh, Sheikh Jarrah movement, yeah. Um, I kind of need to give a bit of history, and that's like it's gonna be a very brief, but y'all need to know. We do. Um, and I think what most people don't know is that Jews, Christians, and Muslims used to live very peacefully in Palestine before 1948, mm -hmm. like to the point where, like, my dad's aunt is Jewish, my, his grandmother is Lutheran. Um, 
you know, neighbors, Jews, Christians, whoever it is, we all used to live together. Coexist, Coexist which is yeah. what should be. And then, um, actually, before 1948, in 1917, mm-hmm. uh, the British government gave away land uh, within Palestine that obviously wasn't there, yeah. the Palestinians, uh, with the Balfour Declaration. Oh, damn, you really went to your history book. I'm loving yes, this I history did. lesson. Have to know. Yes, I'm you sitting back in my seat. Let's go, girl. <laughs> um, and then in 1948, obviously, that was uh, post Holocaust. Yeah. Um, the British also, again, uh, pushed the Jews to go to Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically when the forced displacement and, and the ethnic cleansing, the genocide, everything happened. Um, if you know the, the Nekba, um, and that's when, you know, hundreds of Palestinians were just forcefully removed from their homes. And that's when the state of Israel was created. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, obviously, um, it was ongoing. And then in 1967, East Jerusalem uh, was taken over. So that's kind of where we are now. So from 1967 till now in 2021, um, we have been seeing a lot of little steps to ethnically cleanse the Palestinians. Yeah. So it's not only the Save Sheikh Jarrah movement, it's also... Save Silwan, save Yafa, save uh, Lid, save Lift. Um, like there's so many, basically all of the cities within Palestine that are being forced, that is what this movement is. And this is just because um, it was out there in the open. And a lot, of, a lot of the reason why we know about it is because a prominent family within uh, Sheikh Jarrah um, were... I guess vocalizing it exactly. through social media. Exactly. Because I think if you look back, because I also did my research before coming on this podcast, because I also want to be educated by you, but also want to self educate. I know, like, through the several intifadas and through, like, the, the land was getting smaller and smaller. Palestine exactly. was getting smaller and smaller. I'm saying, like, land wise. Of course. So I think, like, through, through those years, right, right, like the early 2000s, we, social media didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So you were just reading about it in the newspapers. You were reading about it. Like you weren't seeing the faces. You weren't seeing the, the genocide like exactly. through videos or images or pictures. So I think now fast forward to this movement, Save Sheikh Jarrah, I think we're able to see the faces that represent the movement. So I think it, it, it shows, it, it gives people more of like a face to not just land is being taken away from the Palestinians. No, you have faces to the movement. We have faces to the movement. We have like first-hand videos yeah. of what's being happening, of what's been happening, what's being taken, how they're forcefully invading homes and taking furniture out like right before our eyes. You know, like there this isn't this isn't just a one-time thing. This has been happening all the time, but the only difference is social media has helped us finally. Yeah be able to like kind of vocalize not vocalize just like widespread like i don't know what the word is in english but (laughs) you can say it in arabic most of my (laughs) audience is actually out of anyway like everything is like for us to see and the problem is israel is not able to control the narrative anymore and that's what's amazing about it yeah because we are you can't 
you can censor our hashtags, you can censor um, our captions and things like that, but you cannot censor firsthand videos of yeah. what's been going on. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the censorship that's happening because there's it's it's very visual and it's very apparent that Facebook and Instagram and these social media platforms are censoring Palestine, are censoring these hashtags. Mm-hmm. How do you what do you think about that? How do you feel about it? And how can we kind of get away from it? Because I know I know Instagram sends out a statement apologizing, but but they didn't do anything about it. They're still censoring. Yeah, of course. And like. <laughs> How do I feel about it? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am a private account holder on Instagram. I have something like very minimal 500 followers. Okay. Yeah. Um, usually my stories get something around 250 to 300 mm-hmm. views. And obviously I've been posting hardcore yeah. like since... I mean, for the past couple of weeks, I always post about Palestine, but obviously more and more just to raise awareness in the past couple of weeks. And keep the momentum weeks. as yeah. well. Um, my views have been down to like maybe a hundred. Wow. On my stories. And obviously that, that has a, b- a bit of the, se- actually a lot of the censoring, whereas my stories don't pop up first on, um, I don't know what it's called. The, the highlight. or Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Instagram story for 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. But again, I think it's it's because Israel look, Israelis are literally paying students to go and find posts like mine or like any other activist or um, anyone that's raising awareness. And they're going there to like shut us down and report say, report pro Israel content, blah blah blah, this um, it's hateful, it's uh, sensitive and all of these stuff when I'm sorry, like, our lives being lost is not sensitive. It should not be censored. Yeah. Why are we only seeing one side of the story, which is what we've been seeing for the past, I don't know, 50 years yeah. more than, yeah. you know, because the mainstream media is all controlled by Zionists, obviously. Yeah. So with Facebook and Instagram, I think it's it's one of the ways that they are able to somewhat still control Mm. um when we post hashtags and stuff so whenever i would post i would make sure i don't use the hashtags because i don't want my um content to be targeted yeah um and i think that's what's very important but recently we've there's you know there's certain hashtags like save sheikh sharrah like free palestine and stuff so whenever you post that it just gets completely washed out yeah you know yeah um and like for example some of the stories that i post i'm like dude but i posted this and then i go back to it and it's still uploading like something like 40 minutes later and that's me being a private user that doesn't use hashtags nothing and i'm being censored like because there's a few key accounts um on instagram that are really sharing the story yeah um if you guys want, we can add them in the notes. Yeah, I will be adding them in the description in the in the show notes for sure. But I think it's like even with like like Bella Hadid and Dua Lipa and all of them, the one they've also noticed like you guys, these are like mil- they have millions yeah. of followers, are verified. They and they're still getting censored. They're still getting like decrease in stories. Like I actually, when I was in the states and I was I kept posting and posting, I 
Like I have like, I actually had 14.2 K followers. As soon as I started posting about Palestine, I went down to 13.8 K. Yeah. Because people unfollowed me, which you know what? I don't even want your follow if you believe in a Zionist state. But I mean, looking at these celebrities who have millions of followers and they're decreasing in, I mean, it's, it's so evident that, that they're censoring people. And I, that's, that's the part of social media where I guess is the downfall of it, that even though it's freedom of speech, even though you get to say whatever you want, mm-hmm. when it comes to certain topics, you're not, you're still censored. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess like, since you're now using your voice and stuff, like how can people be using their voice on social media to spread awareness? Post, share, literally post, share. Um, Everyone has their own opinion, but there's literally one side to this and one side only. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think like I've noticed that a lot of people from my my um, my followers. (laughs) um, Because you have Americans like in in Cali. Yeah, I do have a lot of American friends that obviously know I'm Palestinian, but they never really understood what it is or what it means to me to be Palestinian or what's been happening because, oh, you know, it's just another country in the Middle East, but it's not. Yeah. You know, we're not just people dying. We are, this is like a humanitarian thing. You know, this is something that people really need to wake up to and realize that it's up to us now that we have the, we have the voice, we have the, the capability to actually make real change and we need to use our platforms not just to post our pretty our pretty outfits and where we're going and our new makeup routine no like this is we have this to be able to use it for good we can't only use social media just to post the good in the world and you know like for example uh the good i really like the account the good movement i don't know i love it too i love that account um and stuff, but like if if we're out there and Palestinians within Gaza and within Sheikh uh, Jarrah and all of this are using their accounts to show us their firsthand experiences day to day living under the occupation, it's up to us to be able to to carry on their voices and use their efforts for for good to to share it and to spread the news everywhere, you yeah. know? I mean, because I, so I have a friend of mine, uh, who in my master's program, we always used to talk about this. Uh, she's Jewish mm-hmm. and, but she like believes in free Palestine. She believes that there should be a free Palestine. Yeah. And it was interesting because she told me that as soon as she posted about like free Palestine and stuff, like her entire family like was like we're not speaking to you how dare you like old gen- i'm talking this yeah, is old, by the, the older generation yeah. like i like for me and her we had an actual comfortable good insightful conversation where like she believed in free palestine so like i respected her a lot and she she went to israel and mm-hmm. like she went and like only right, yeah exactly mm-hmm. so she saw it you know for mm-hmm. her own eyes and and decided to educate herself but then you have people who have grown up in a society that they believe in the zionism ideology they believe in the birthright trip they go on the birthright trip sorry and their family is like this and this is all they believe mm-hmm. i don't want to say and, and and i'm okay being controversial here is that i don't want to say that they don't have like of course they can go and educate themselves and google what happened to palestine and israel why is it the way it is today of course but when you're grown up in a society like that 
what advice do you give to these people? Like, how do you shift that logic? Because we're seeing a lot of Jewish people coming yeah, up and rising exactly. against and saying free say Palestine, that. all of this. Mm-hmm. For the people who are like, yeah, free Palestine, but I don't want to post it on my social media because I'm scared. Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people like There's that. There's a lot of people. There and are. I know, like my own friends that somewhat do have roots um, in Palestine aren't even posting. Why? Because they live in the States and they're there surrounded you go. by by um zionists or jews or whatever or they run a company they they, work for exactly and you know what i think i can't speak on their behalf but for me it's you have to like you have to post this is no longer um palestine uh just being a country on the map that's losing land this is genocide this is ethnic cleansing this is literally a people being completely erased, erased off of the planet. Mm-hmm. And you have to stand up for it. Like we're seeing, we're seeing the attacks on Gaza. Like we saw firsthand they're bombing. They're not bombing Hamas. They're, bo- they're bombing residential towers. They're bombing media towers. Like they, the AP offices, the CNN offices were bombed. Everything was completely demolished. Like if you see, it's really like... You cannot see that and just say, oh, no, I'm not going to post because I'm worried about what, you know, this person or that person is going to say. Yeah, it goes beyond that. It, go- it really goes beyond that. But also, that's just me. You know, I think that it's I, I was raised in a family um, where I, I stand up for what I believe in. And obviously, I believe in a free Palestine. <laughs> it goes without saying, Yanni. And um I just think, and also because I was raised in the States, um, we had that freedom of speech. Like I, when I was younger and living there, um, I would go out and protest in front of the federal building almost every weekend, you know, wearing, waving the flag and wearing my hatta and screaming and, you know, um, chanting free Palestine and all of that stuff. So I think it's just in my blood to to fight for, fight for my rights and yeah. fight for... My, my friends and family within Palestine, because I do have family still there. I have family living in Sheikh Jarrah that are facing these evictions, that are mm-hmm. facing these, that are being displaced, you know? So it's, it just doesn't make sense to me when you literally have everything in front of you, and now more than ever you have it in front of yeah. you. And it, you're just not doing anything about it. Do you think so growing up in the US, do you feel like you ever had like a bit of not I don't know if identity crisis is the real is the right word, but like longing like you can't go home, right? Like no. going to Palestine is like it's like you have to go through Jordan or you have to go through here and it's just it's it's hectic. It's people stop you all the time. Did you ever feel like like a bit of an identity crisis as to why as to like you can't going home did you ever have that feeling or did your parents like make sure that they embedded the Palestinian roots within you growing up like tradition and yeah so um I think there's two parts to that question first answer is no I definitely never had an identity crisis Mm -hmm. I was always Palestinian like Palestinian first before my American passport, you know, my American nationality. It was always Palestine. And I think that's because, like you said, my parents did ingrain it in us. Um, Like, I was lucky enough to um, live near my grandparents who left in 62, um, left Jerusalem in 62 um, for a job offer in Kuwait. Um, And then they couldn't return because of 
67 when they took over East Jerusalem. Yeah. So I had their their firsthand accounts, um, as well as when I moved here, I was very close to my grandfather, Allah who was forced out of his home in Yaffa, um, and he had his bullet, like he had a bullet in his leg till the day he died. Wow. Um, because of when he left when he left Yaffa, so it's just it's undeniable that. I am Palestinian through and through, you know, whether mm-hmm. I, whether I look at whether I can speak the language or whatever, like my parents taught me through, through the language, through our food, through our customs, through, you know, dabke, through music, through um, all of it, just like that, that sense of family and that sense of belonging was always there. I never, ever denied it, even in school when, you know, people would ask me, um, I remember like multicultural days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, in schools and, and I would go wearing my thobe. Like I would go full on thobe, hatta, Palestine, <laughs> all the way. And like, yeah. you know, these Americans would look at me like, all right, uh, so you ride camels? Yeah. Obviously. But again, Palestine, pre-48, Palestine from the get-go was not, an empty land it was a land of education a land of culture a land of traditions a land of agriculture food um we had ports we had railways we had airports like so for me to think that I don't belong anywhere just doesn't make sense yeah I do belong and I am Palestinian and I am um, one of the lucky ones, uh, one of the lucky children of the diaspora that have been able to visit Palestine. And um, I was 10 years old and my mom took us and, you know, obviously the American passport helped. Yeah. But we went through the border um, from Jordan and crossed over. And it was, I mean, I think we were lucky enough to not have as bad of an experience as a lot of people do. Um, I know like close friends of mine that you know, had to go through interrogation after yeah. interrogation. Um, but, you know, when you walk in there, or like when you walk the streets of Jerusalem and you see the falafel on the street and the kak in the old town with knafeh and all that stuff, like, you're like, yeah, these are my people. This is it. This is what I, this is what I've been thinking about or dreaming about. You know, for how did it feel life. for the first time t- at 10 years old to be like, I finally get to visit the land where I'm from, the land where my f- I'm from, the land where my father was born. I got to see his house. Wow. I got to see um, Shara Abu Jibain in Yaffa, where where my grandparent, where my grandfather lived. Um, honestly, I even though I was 10 years old, like that feeling just doesn't. It I, just yeah, doesn't I'm sure. Yeah. Um, praying Aqsa, uh, seeing the 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 dome of the rock like it's literally ingrained and it was a dream like it's a beautiful beautiful country like we have beautiful land everywhere you know and it's just so sad that like for example when people in school would say oh you ride camels no like we, it's, it's yeah it's so much more than that it's crazy I can't even explain the feeling that I have um walking the streets there and knowing that like my my grandfather grew up there my father grew up there my aunts and uncles were there and like this is this is ours 
you know um and we went and we went i think it was july 2000 june summer of 2000 we went um obviously there were soldiers everywhere and but like it was quote unquote a peaceful time and it's by peaceful i mean not what we're what, not what we're seeing right now. Not what now. we're witnessing right now. Not yeah, what we're witnessing. Actually, I don't even think peaceful is the right word because that's very unfair. We were we're still being ethnically cleansed and silenced and all of that. So, but I did see the occupation forces and obviously through the checkpoints and all of that stuff. Like, it's just crazy that I was able to go. Or I sorry, I wasn't able to go from one place to another without going through a checkpoint. And like, the only thing that was getting me through was my American passport. Like that's crazy. Like, it is no, crazy. My like, this is my land. This is where you're right. This, this is, is yeah. This is my birthright. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like why should you have to be going through exactly. checkpoints? And like the fact that your American yeah. passport is what kind of. I guess ease the process. I don't even know if it eased it, but I guess ease the process is some way of you getting in and yeah. being able to go in. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're not politicians, me and you. No. We just have social media platforms and I have a podcast and you're coming here on and we're discussing this issue. But what more could we be doing? I know sharing, I know posting, okay, no, discussing with people, getting like for me to be very honest people who have responded to my stories and engaged with me Mm -hmm. um as in my american friends i'm talking about my arab friends are very aware of the complex especially the ones that live here um and and in the middle east my friends in the states who engage with me and are like like i don't understand this like what's going on like why have i never heard of this and like i'm talking about american like doesn't have any dice to being a jew or whatever and i like sit there and i explain it to them and like I hope that I gave some sort of education or some sort of like knowledge as to what hap- is happening in, in Palestine. Mm-hmm. But what more than that could you, can, can we be doing? Um, so I think the first thing, um, obviously, other than raising awareness and talking about it, which is really, really, really helping. And I can't, I think people undervalue that. it. Yeah, I cannot emphasize that enough. Like, um, Munal Kurd from Sheikh Jarrah, you know, the face of Sheikh yeah. Jarrah currently, she released a video recently that, say, that said, you know, keep posting. You guys are our soldiers out there. You have to do it. You have to keep our voice out there. Um, so that's one thing. But and we ha- do have to keep doing that. But another thing is boycotting. Like we do. We do have to boycott. We have to make the conscious decision every day to not go buy that that cup of Starbucks. We have to go. Let's discuss the boycotting because at first, so let's let's take a step back and like explain what boy- boycotting means. Okay, so you asked me what uh, boycotting is. Yeah, boycotting is basically um, in 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 my definition is making the conscious decision every day to not buy from certain things or not um, buy from certain organizations. And it's one of the most nonviolent ways that you can make a stand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, for example, um, Cult Gaia. Like yeah. this was like the main thing, uh, especially in our region. Um, you know, the, it's in every o- major department exactly. store here. Like I, I have Cult Gaia. Me too. Stuff, you know, um, and I think once once the owner made her statement, 
so many people wrote to Level Shoes, wrote to Triana, wrote to Harvey, starting in Kuwait, starting in Bloomingdale's and all of that stuff. And we won and we got called Gaia out of the stores. I just got chills. I don't know why. <laughs> I literally we just won. got chills. Yeah, I'm like, we won. <laughs> baby, baby steps, you know, but it's things like that that really make a difference. Um, if you look back at, like, for example, the apartheid in South Africa, the only thing that stopped it was the sanctions and the boycotting. Yeah. So what makes that any different to now? That's what we have to do. We have to stop um, engaging with these company, with these brands like Puma, like um, Starbucks, um, SodaStream, uh, Pillsbury. You know, we can't have cookies anymore. Um, but, but there are other okay. brands that don't support exactly. a Zionist state. Exactly. So, I mean, so don't I mean <laughs> guys, even if you can't go to your Starbucks and get your cafe latte, there is millions of other places, especially if you live in the Middle East. Yeah. <laughs> there are thousands like of other every, coffee shops, even small corner. business owners. Like exactly. this is maybe a time to like stand up to these large corporations and support these small businesses, especially Palestinian ones, which I will be putting in my show notes um, of Palestinian businesses that we can support. I mean, mm-hmm. now looking like at Al Sarkal that just happened this past weekend, if you guys are in Dubai, they had an entire thing for Palestine and Pinza right now this is being shot this is being recorded on May 30th but um, Pinza is having their pizzas and their profits in Talabat and you know Talabat so I think like there are these businesses that are taking a stand and there are businesses that we can boycott I mean like you just said, it's the most peaceful way to do it. Yeah. And it's and it's such an easy way to do it, right? We're and consumers. It's, and it's don't underestimate its impact. Like yes. it really makes such a big difference. Look what like, happened to Call Guy. They removed. They removed. And we are her biggest market. Yeah. Like she just lost a lot of Let her ca- feel the cash pain. Money. Cash money. Yeah. I mean, the one about Peloton, honestly broke my heart a little bit because yeah. they're all they talk about so much about inclusivity and how they're all one and then and then having one of their trainers but that's the thing though yeah we have i mean i think it's so difficult to well first of all as a brand to make sure that everyone follows the guidelines fair enough yeah you know but i believe that like if, if the company if 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 your employee um says something that you don't believe in as a brand, as a company or as a brand, you need to set out a statement and send out a statement. I mean, minimum. Stati- yeah, clearly stating your stance on the topic, which from what I understand of Peloton did not happen. No. And obviously brands like Peloton, brands like Cult Gaia, um, you know, they just kind of like retract and make it like an all lives matter kind of thing when it's not an Mm -hmm. all lives matter it's not like we're all here for peace and love in the world no we're here with this in particular for the palestinians to fight for the palestinian cause and that's what we have to do and that's what you know the goal has to be at the end of the day i mean there's this jewelry line called alex mika jewelry Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you've heard of them but i've told all my friends here about them Mm -hmm. um there are two girls in new york and they're like young and they have a small business blown up and they had posted something like it was that thing that's going around on social media it was like no hate towards muslims no hate towards lgbtq no hate and then and like blue no hate towards jews and nothing about palestine and i was and i messaged them i said hey girls i'm a huge fan of you guys Middle East, I basically brought your name to all my friends and I literally have like, I can count, like I have a lot of friends who have used their brand. If you're not going to post Free Palestine and you're not going to make it clear that you support this movement, 
I will make sure none of my friends, my friends. <laughs> I'm see, not kidding. I wrote yeah, that to them. I was like, I will make sure none of my friends, including myself, will not buy from you. And then the next day they posted, said no, free Palestine. That's and amazing. I, and I messaged and I said, guys, thank you so much. It means a lot That's to amazing. me and my friends. No one even knew I was sending this message no, to them. But, but at the end of the day, I used my voice. I messaged them. I, and I you made, made it. No. And I made, yeah, I, mean, and I made a difference. Yeah. No, you did. Ma- listen, you cannot again. And I, I keep using this word, but don't don't underestimate yeah. every little thing that you do because even for me, every little post that I post on my page, even if I get one person that realizes like, oh my God, this is actually real and this is actually yeah. happening in Palestine, like it's, I feel like I made a difference at the end of the day. You know? I just worry about social media fatigue. You know how there's Zoom fatigue? It's real. There's social media fatigue. It's real. It's real. real And right now, we're in the middle of it, right? We're in, like, the hype. Like, right now in D.C., I don't know if you saw yesterday, but there was 10,000 people represent D.C. I used to go in D.C. on the streets, girl. When Trump was elected, me and my girlfriends used to go in the streets of D.C. and protest our asses off against him, against the the Muslim ban, against everything. Mm But, um, I mean, the momentum is still alive, and we're in it right now. So how do you suggest lessening the social media fatigue and i just do this question on you but like i know i'm just thinking about it it's just because like it's real guys it's really real like i have been literally going to sleep and waking up on instagram yeah especially during um you know when when the bombings were happening in gaza um and you just can't like i'm glued to my screen i need to know what's going on but that's also, if you twist it, it's actually something very positive because I know what's happening day in, day out, which means I'm sharing it mm-hmm. day in, day mm-hmm. out with people, which is great. Yeah. But to go back to your to your um, question is, I think now I've given myself, um, I've allotted myself times within the day mm-hmm. to to go on Instagram. I I. I it's not like I've stopped posting or I've stopped doing it. It's just yeah. I'm not constantly all on it. Like I would be in the middle of my calls um, for work and like on Instagram and just posting and crying and posting and crying. And like, you know, that really took a toll on me. But then at the end of the day, I think if this is taking a toll on me and all I'm doing is posting in my in Imagine the, the people that are actually like, no. Yeah. And then I'm like, Rasha, shut up and continue like this is how this is how I can nonviolently protest. This is what I'm gonna do. This is how I'm gonna fight for my country. Definitely. And I have to keep doing it. But um, I think also something to to sorry to interrupt you, no. but something to to lessen social media fatigue. And I mean, I work in social media, yeah, right? Yeah, you know this more than So me. I think sometimes posting less but more, more. impactful messages goes a long way for instance i noticed when i was in the states i was just like i was just reposting 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 no matter what i wanted to get the message out free palestine this is what's happening you know what i mean like this is what's happening but today i actually was like looking and i before we did this episode and like when i was doing my research and stuff i was actually more mindful of what i was posting so instead of my 10 stories i posted four Mm -hmm. but those four i felt like were either visually appealing like at the end of the day people like visually appealing shit it's just how it is and easy to read so i was like okay so these posts hopefully will get more traction than maybe if i had posted 12 stories Mm -hmm. so i think like managing the social media fatigue of course don't not post that's not what i'm saying that's definitely not what i'm saying i'm just saying maybe like posting more with intent 
Yeah. Mindfulness. Yeah, I think also um, you you know yourself. Like, you know your limits. You know how much you can take and how much you can't. So, I mean, if if you're really getting um, fatigued from this, which is real, and all of us are, like, I'm really feeling it. But again, I just keep... I keep going and I keep pushing through it. Um, go, go, go to the post that actually made you feel something, rather than you know just rate something that raises awareness. Do something that you felt something with, and and that you'll be able to share your experience or like um, what you what you learned from it. And I think that goes with your point is like short and sweet and to the point to the point yeah um Rasha, i want to discuss because we saw all of last week maybe the week before i've lost talk of time of the blue square on instagram mm-hmm. okay and i know this is, is it's a it's a huge subject that i really want to get into and i want to discuss it and i want to dissect it we know that there's a difference between zionism and judaism yeah we know there's a difference we should know we should know mm-hmm. okay there is a difference and there's a big debate going on right now and Unfortunately, Gigi Hadid and Bella and Dua Lipa have been the faces of this anti-Semitic Palestinian, free Palestinian movement. Mm -hmm. The New York Times has done it. Whoever, all these Zionists on social media, everyone's doing it. So I think it's important that we touch on this subject and we discuss, analyze and define what a Zionist is Mm -hmm. and why the the Palestinian movement is not anti-Semitic. Okay, so Zionism, by definition, more or less, um, is a nationalist movement in creating a Jewish state of Israel. And I think this specific point of creating a Jewish state in Israel is what people are connecting with anti-Semitism. Correct. Which is so wrong. Yeah. Like, it does not make sense. We are Semites. I am a Semite. How can I be anti-Semitic? Um... So what they're doing is this free Palestine movement and all of this stuff, like they are automatically connecting it with we are against Judaism and we hate Jews and all of this stuff. That's wrong. It does not make sense. That is not what it's about. What it's about is we are against the people that are occupying us, that are killing us, that are ethnically cleansing us to create an Israel. And that's what it is. That's the biggest difference. And for me, I learned this at a young age because um, my uncle, Allah Yerhamo, um, whenever we would go out to protest, he would, and like, you know, we were younger, we didn't really know. We'd say, yeah, we don't like the, we don't, you know, it's we're against Judaism. And no. Yeah. He would stop us right then and there and like twist our ear, <laughs> literally twist our ear and say, we're not against Jews, we are against Zionists. And there's a big difference. Even my dad, as a Lebanese, would literally tell me, no, 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 it's not Jews. It's like they would embed it in us. So we understand and we're the pioneers. We're the new generation that pushes that message out. But um, again, this is part of the the propaganda campaign that Israel is creating. Yeah. You know, they're using this against us to say, look, but they're saying this and this and this. They're anti-Jews. They're anti-Semitic, which is wrong. And that's not what the movement is about. This isn't what we're fighting for. This isn't what we're fighting against. It doesn't make sense. Like I said, I have Jewish relatives in my family. I have Christian relatives in my family. I had Jewish friends in the States. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And um, 
celebrities that are being attacked, like you said, uh, Dua, my girl Dua. My girl Dua, uh, love her. If you ever listen to this, I love you. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> Imagine. Um, and um, we're, I mean, we're all getting labeled as anti-Semites, but in reality, we're all Semitic. And, and yeah. I saw somewhere, um, actually, I read a post that said something loosely like, they think the criticism of Israel is anti-Semitic because when they criticize Muslim countries, it's out of Islamophobia. Um. And it's not. Like, we, we aren't doing this out of a fear of Judaism. <laughs> yeah. Not, you know, because... Um, it's a religion. It's a religion. It's a religion. It's a religion. I'm, like, staring at the mic. Yeah, like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um so I think that there's like a huge, huge, like the the start of it is you really have to understand the difference and you have to be aware of the fact that this, a free Palestine is against Zionism. It's not against Judaism whatsoever. It has nothing to do with it. So when we're seeing the Orthodox Jews in in London, for example, I'm sure everyone has seen has seen that video or ex-Israeli um, occupation soldiers um, finally voicing out what they think and, and showing the true side, they are saying themselves, it's not anti-Judaism, it's just anti-Zionism. And if they are saying it, if the Jews are saying it themselves, then how can anyone else think that way? But again, I think it's just a, um, a weapon that uh, Israeli media is using against I mean us. the blue square yeah I woke up on I woke up one day and there's like all these blue scares blue squares by all my reality tv show favorite stars on social can't media and I was like what they're hijacking the narrative yeah. like what do you mean exactly. like this has nothing to do with you guys no no it literally, it literally has nothing to do with you if you're if you're like why are we twisting the narrative and trying to be no no one's saying anyone's anti-semitic no one's saying the Palestinian movement is anti-semitic no one has ever said that like and you're right it's the propaganda of the government yeah trying to twist this narrative and mm-hmm. i'm glad jews have come out and being like no like free palestine like we yeah. are with them like this is their land like you know we're against the the zionism that's what we're against we believe in what we believe in so why do you think sharing posting and speaking about what's happening in palestine is more of like a trend now than ever before i hate using that word but it really is yeah i was gonna say i'm like it's definitely not a trend. it's not a trend no. but let's say trending on social yeah, media trending um i think because people are finally seeing the truth and they're fed up where yeah like khalas you know um they're finally seeing what's happening they're finally seeing that the israelis have been controlling the media they're finally seeing that people are going on cnn are going on fox news and are voicing out the other side which has never been before and i like to call this phenomenon the awakening okay (laughs) the world is going through an awakening that we have never witnessed before as palestinians like we are finally just being seen like we are fine after 73 years of occupation and of killing and bloodshed and genocide and war crime after war crime and children dying and and journalists getting um imprisoned for no reason and attacks on people for no reason like 
you know the the mobs that are happening that's like a whole different discussion but like it's literally what we're seeing um is scenes from the purge <laughs> literally literally yeah. like there are settler mobs that are going out and just killing people left right and center and we're seeing this firsthand mm -hmm. for the first time and that's what's making a difference and that's why people are waking up and that's why people are posting because khalas like this is no longer um just you know a, to a conflict yeah it's it's okay first of all it's never been a freaking it's conflict. never been a conflict no it's never been that's a why conflict. i refuse to use that word this, yeah this, episode. this whole time it's it's but i'm using it because that's what people understand it to be but You're it's right. it's not it's really not this is not a conflict it's one-sided terrorism and that's what it is it's it's an occupying entity it's a zionist state um that is just trying to erase our existence because we're awesome <laughs> um, but you know i read this post on social media i think it was muhammad hadid actually who mm -hmm. shared it was like yes you kicked out our grandparents but now you have all our grandchildren yeah, coming exactly. and fighting and for the rights are. yeah and like, here we are and here you guys are yeah, that's literally what it is because um like i said before yani being palestinian has been passed on being palestinian as in being a really proud palestinian like the proudest Palestinian that I am is because our grandparents instilled this in us. It's because they educated us from the get-go, from when we were young, that this is what happened to us. This is when we left. This is what we did. But, And we've gone through all of that um, horror, but as a culture and as a people, we we are rich in, in love and we teach life and... And we teach our kids at a young age to to read and to learn and to 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 love olives, and to and uh, olive oil and <laughs> olive oil, yeah. And and to um, think about Yaffa when you're eating an orange or peeling an orange. And you know, once you hear the 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 dapke or or moltani or whatever, we're there. Like we are there, and we're singing and we're dancing and we're eating because of our culture not just because we are oppressed and we are oppressed. We are occupied and we're oppressed and we're dying. But we're fighting because we have to fight and because we have something to fight for. And I think that's really important um, in all of this. It's just a matter of instilling this, um, which our grandparents did and my parents did and my uncles did and my family did. And I'm gonna do it, you know, I'm gonna teach my kids inshallah one day about palestine and i'm gonna mama rasha <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna teach them about palestine i'm gonna tell them you know and i'm gonna take them there because we will be free and we will be able to go there and with or without my stupid american passport we're going inshallah and we will return yes Yes, you will, Rasha. Yeah. Rasha, I love that was a perfect ending, <laughs> honestly. Thank you so much, Rasha, for I coming on the you. podcast. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I mean, as an Arab, I know I'm not Palestinian, but as an Arab, it is my duty for my brothers and sisters of Palestine and every country to discuss these important issues. So thank you so much, Rasha, for coming on the podcast. Guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode slash learned something and take away something. If is it if it's posting on social media, boycotting a brand anything you do it's not too small so please mm -hmm. go to my show notes 
learn more. Um, and thank you so much, guys. Don't forget to subscribe on Tell Me Everything with Lands on every podcasting platform, Spotify and Rami, Apple, wherever you get your podcast from. And follow me on Instagram at Lands underscore T-H-O and at Tell Me Everything with Lands. Thank you guys so much again. And I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye, guys. Love you. Free Palestine. <laughs> <laughs>